Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence here today, God. I thank you, Lord, that you love us. And at times, God, you trust us more than we trust ourselves. And we know that because you've imparted the Holy Spirit to us. And you wouldn't impart that kind of power and that kind of freshness in the very essence of heaven. You would not put that into us if you did not think we could handle it. So, Lord, we thank you for your confidence in your power working through us to reach a lost and dying world. Lord, we thank you for the respite that you give us on Sunday mornings to get away from the world and to connect with you and to, and to believe in you and put our hope and our trust in you, knowing and believing that there is a better world coming that you are bringing one day. Lord, you are bringing a better world to us, to where we live here on this earth, God. And we can take refuge in that, knowing that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, introducing heaven to earth. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for that, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Well, happy Mother's Day, moms. And um, we have a uh, moms don't leave early. We've got actually um, something cool in store for you at the end of service. Um, we're going to have a little giveaway. How many moms are good with give giveaways? Some of you? <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know. It depends on what you're giving away. Um, but... Yeah, so we're excited for Mother's Day. We're going to take a break um, from our spiritual warfare series. And, okay, so what we're giving away after service is a, do you want me to announce it or you? <laughs> uh, we are giving away, um, um, I don't even know how to say this, a Manny Petty, is that how you said it? <laughs> yeah, okay, so that's, uh, we're giving away a Manny Petty. Um, what, why, why are you waving tickets at me? Oh. Yes, moms, if you haven't filled out a ticket, you got to fill out a ticket. So make sure you fill out a ticket. Um, dads, no, just no. If you do, you'll uh, put your man card right up here. No, I'm kidding. Actually, I've heard they're phenomenal guys that I've talked to that do it. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. So we're going to take a respite from our spiritual warfare series today. We're going to talk about moms. We're going to take a look specifically at a specific mom in scripture. And it's going to, it happens to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1. There is a lady by the name of Hannah. And Hannah is married to a gentleman by the name of Elkanah. Now, Elkanah is, um, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. That's where, we're, that's where the bulk of our scripture is going to be. But I want to set it up for you because Hannah is married to Elkanah, and Elkanah has two wives. He has Hannah and Penina. Now, I always feel like when I come across scripture and a guy has multiple wives in the Old Testament, Yes, theologically, I wrestle with this. I'll just be honest with you. That's my gray area with Scripture. Like, I don't understand all the time why things are in the Bible like they are. However, all I know is one is enough. <laughs> You're going to get your own mani-pedi without having to be in a drawing, okay? All right. <clears throat> so now I'm going to do what I did when I was a kid. Can I spend the night at your place? 
so that I know when I go home, I don't get in trouble. Anyway, Elkanah had two wives. He had uh, Penina and Hannah. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're not going to read all this, but that Elkanah, Elkanah loved Hannah more than he loved Penina. However, Penina was the one in a culture that valued children, and children were of the utmost importance, and you didn't just want one, two, or three, you wanted a plethora of children. You, so Penina then would be the wife because she keeps having all these children for Elkna. Hannah is barren. Hannah can't have children. Hannah is unable to bear children. And no matter how many times her and Elkanah get together, she can't get pregnant. Right? And when he's got two wives and the other wife keeps getting pregnant, then it's probably not him. Process of elimination. And here's what I want to tell some of you women out here today. I'm going to talk to some of you moms just for a minute because I know that some of you moms jump on social media and you see other moms having all these wonderful times with their kids and yet the relationship with your kid doesn't look that wonderful. And at times it feels like the other moms are laughing at you. Because the Bible tells us that Hannah felt like she was being made fun of and being laughed at because Penina kept having kids. And the Bible says that Penina would make fun of Hannah because she wasn't good enough, that God didn't love her enough. And at times you look on social media and you feel like, why does that mom have to have her act together and I forgot the diaper bag or I went off on my child and I shouldn't have, right? Whatever that thing is, at times, mom, we feel like the other moms have it, and you don't. And I want to simply tell you, that's not true. They're just better at living a lie on social media than you are. It's true. It's true. So maybe you're here this morning, mom, and you feel like Hannah, and you feel like all the other moms got it together, and all the other moms can do it, and all the other moms can make it happen, and they can cook, and they can clean, and they can work, and they can raise the kids, and be happy in the pictures. And you feel like when you take the pictures, all you do is fight, and you're doing good just to get one smile in a picture. Yes, amen, I know, because I hate pictures. Vacation is coming for us, and I know what's going to be required of me on the beach. A picture session in the heat of Florida. I know this. And I dread it. And it nearly just... Yeah, get over it. Okay. And I know... I know that it's a struggle for you at times, Mom, when you see the other moms... And they seem like they've got it all together. But I want you to know that no mom has it all together. Like I said, some of them are just better at lying. And so Penina kept making fun of Hannah. And Hannah felt less than. And Hannah didn't feel like she was good enough. And she didn't feel like she could do it. And she didn't, she didn't have what it takes. And she was being made fun of. And she had no kids. And yet the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 6, we're not going to read this verse, but it tells us that Elkanah loved Hannah more than Penina. 
that he loved Hannah more than Penina, even though Hannah couldn't bear him children to carry on the lineage, he loved her more. And moms, if you ever feel like you don't have enough or that you're not going to make it or that you're at your wit's end and no one loves you and no one cares, I want to tell you that there is a man named Jesus who loves you more than any human man can. And it doesn't matter how many children he has, he loves you despite your deficiency. Despite looking in the mirror and thinking, I don't have it all together, and why this, and why that, and I'll never understand this. And Jesus says, I love you anyway. Because Jesus doesn't see a deficiency. He sees you complete, standing in heaven. He already sees the finished product standing before him on judgment day. And he says, it's beautiful, so don't stop. Keep going. Even though you feel like you're being forged in a fire and you're being heated and pounded on, little knife metal working reference, right? You feel like you're being heated and pounded and beaten and you don't understand it. And God says, you don't understand it because I see the completed work because God sits in eternity and he sees the beginning from the end. And he says, it's awesome. Keep going. Keep pushing. Don't stop. You're not a parent fail just because your kid has to stay in that dirty diaper a little longer because you forgot the diaper bag. That's not a fail. It's not a fail because your kid decides to walk away from God. That's their decision, not yours. Don't take it personally. That's between them and God, and they'll answer to God, not you. Y'all just got real quiet on that one. Because they have to decide for themselves. And that's the brutality of love. Because love demands free will and free choice. And it, amen, and it hurts at times. It's a struggle at times. It's a struggle. So let's read our main passage of 1 Samuel chapter 1, 12 through 19. We're going to read these seven verses So they've made, um, Elkanah and his two wives have made the pilgrimage to the temple as they're supposed to do. And in verse 12, it says, and she kept on praying. So this is Hannah. She's come to the point now where she's praying to God, please, just one child. Give me just one child. And she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to... So the priest, right? The pastor of the church comes up and sits down next to her and goes, hey, how long are you going to stay drunk? Right? This is what's happening. So Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. And she says, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. Now, you have to know, like church service, church service starts around t- today, would be like 9, 9.30 in the morning. So he's like, you know, like, look, it's nine o'clock in the morning and you're already drunk. Like, what's going on? Okay. This is what's happening. She says, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Remember last week when we talked about Romans where you are in such anguish at times that you don't even know what to pray. And Romans tells us that when you cry and when you groan and when you moan and you don't have the words to pray, that the Holy Spirit speaks up in intercession. Remember that? This is what's happening. She doesn't have the words, but she has the feels. 
All right. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here, I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. We're going to come back to that. And Eli answered, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. This verse I don't think is, is up there, but we're going to keep going here. Um, and she named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. So she's completely downcast. She's at that point where she has nothing more to say. She, her heart is being poured out to God. She's praying to God. Her lips are moving. Eli comes over. The priest of the temple comes over because he thinks she's drunk. And he says, woman, put the beer and the wine away. It's 930 in the morning. She's like, I'm not drunk. I am in anguish. I am in anger. I am upset. I am bothered. She, and he says, why? And she says, because I want to have a child and I can't. And the priest says, Eli says to her, God will answer your prayer. Go your way. And the Bible says she went and she ate. That's probably just emotional eating for all you women. You understand that. <laughs> and she went and ate, and then she wasn't so downcast. Right? And the Bible says she wasn't so downcast. But I want to go back to verse 16. 1 Samuel 1.16. And she tells the priest, she says, don't take your... She goes, look, I'm not a wicked woman. I have been praying here uh, out of my great anguish and grief. The word anguish here is the Hebrew word siach. Siach literally means anxiety, stress, anguish. She's anxious. She's stressed. She's, it's just eating away at her that she can't do this what would seem to be natural, one simple thing. There's so much anxiety with her family life. There's probably so much anxiety in her. She's probably thinking, Elkanah's not even going to love me. Elkanah's not even going to like me. Everything is going to pot for Hannah because what should be natural isn't happening. And she's stressed because a woman's worth was, a, woman, a woman's value was how many kids she can have and how well she can raise them and she can't even produce one. And she's in absolute anxiety. She can't handle it. And then the word grief. So now not only is she anxious and stressed, but the word grief is kaas in Hebrew. Kaas. And it means that she is angry. This is the word for absolute anger, rage, anger. And it's used here in Hebrew in the masculine tense, 
not the feminine tense. What does that mean? When a word is used in the masculine tense in Hebrew, it is the strongest form possible. Women don't get offended by that. It all has to do with testosterone. Get over it. And so she is in this masculine rage, anger, as strong as possible anger. She's praying through her stress. She's praying through her anxiety. She's praying through her anger with God. Because things aren't going right for her. She's angry with God. She's stressed and anxious about the situation. Anybody ever been there? Or am I just talking to myself? You're angry at God. You're, and aren't you glad that God's shoulders are big enough for you to be angry with him? Think about this. Jesus on the cross said, why did you turn your back on me, dad? That's what Jesus said on the cross. He knows the feeling. He's been there. God, where are you? This whole thing is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't know what your situation is, but Hannah's here. She's angry with God. She's angry with her situation. She's stressed and she's anxious. She says, I can't take it anymore. My pastor thinks I'm drunk half the time. I'm so stressed. That's a problem. It's a problem. And despite her anxiety and her anger with God, she kept doing the right thing. There's a key right here, moms. God will honor those who do the right thing even when it's extremely difficult. God will honor those who do the right thing even when it's extremely difficult. Life is going to be difficult and things aren't going to make sense and things are going to go upside down. All God says is keep walking, keep moving forward. What do you think Mary felt standing at the foot of the cross looking at her son's feet at eye level with a nail in them and blood dripping off of them? This wasn't supposed to be. I remember when the angel showed up and said, you're going to have the Messiah. And in Hebrew culture, that meant he was going to make Israel the world's power and Israel was going to take over the planet. That's what the Messiah comes to do in Jewish culture and Jewish belief. The Messiah came, but it wasn't exactly the way they thought it was. This wasn't what she had pictured. But little did she know that three days later her son was going to revolutionize the world and then one day come back to take it over. And he's, the Bible specifically says that when Jesus comes back the second time, he will come back as king and he will set up his rule and reign from Jerusalem and Jerusalem will be the headquarters and capital of the world and he will control everything. The book of Isaiah says he will control everything to the pots and pans in your kitchen will have his name on them. Everything. He will own it when he comes back the second time. Oh, but all she saw in the moment was bloody feet. This wasn't what I had dreamt for my child. This is not the life my child was supposed to lead. This is not the life my child was supposed to live. This is not the direction my child was supposed to go. It wasn't supposed to be like this. This wasn't the toddler that was jumping around my room. What happened to that kid? Because my kid went clear out here in left field and flew off the rails. 
What happened? And here's what I want to tell you. You're just standing at the foot of the cross looking at the bloody feet with the nails in them. That you hang in there for the next three days. That God is coming to resurrect that child that doesn't believe in him. He's going to send people across their path that will dumbfound them. God will send the Holy Spirit to do things. Why? Because your child cannot outrun the love of God, nor can they outthink or outmaneuver an eternal God. Your child's thinking is finite. God's thinking is infinite. Your child's love and determination is finite. God's love and determination is infinite. And as long as you give your child into the hands of an infinite God, their finiteness will never be able to withstand it. Your job is just to keep standing at the cross or to keep praying as Hannah did in their anguish and anger when you don't understand what's happening. This isn't making sense. This is supposed to be natural. We raise our kid in a God-fearing, loving home, and they've spun off the rails, and it makes no sense. You keep showing up and doing the right thing and doing what you're supposed to do. You stand in the gap for them. And then the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. Hannah went and worshipped despite the situation, despite what was happening. And because she did the right thing, God said, you know what? I'm going to bless your womb. And it might only be one. But God can do more with one than Penina could have done with 12. And he does. Because the, she names him Samuel. In the Greek, it's Shemel. S-H-E-M-E-L. It's a compound name, Shemel. Shem, Shem, not the three stooges for those of you that are old enough to remember. Not that Shem. Shem, S-H-E-M, means to hear or to hear a name, to hear like a name called, okay? L-E-L, Shemel, L means God. And so people who do, who do word studies believe that this literally means the name of God or to hear God's name. That Hannah heard God's name and heard God. In, the, in other words, God heard. God heard my plea. God heard my cry. And so she names her son Shamel, or the English Samuel. God heard my cry for help. God heard me in my hour of desperation. She acknowledged God with Samuel's life. And she promised God in her prayers, if you give me one son, I will dedicate him back to you. I'll give him back to you. I will give up my rights as a mom and I will give him back to you, God. If you just give me one son, just one. Here's what I want to tell you. That moms can see the future in their kids long before their kids can. Mom can see things happening in their children's lives long before the kids ever will. 
She saw Samuel and she said, this is God's answer. She saw her son as God's answer to a prayer and everything that that entailed. If you don't believe me, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 25. John 2, 1 through 25, there's a wedding going on. Jesus hasn't gone public with his ministry. He is still learning. He's not done any miracles. or I mean, he's not really done any miracles that we know of. And he's at this wedding. Now, some of you are really going to like Jesus in this story because they run out of wine. And they go to Jesus and they say, hey, the wedding party. Now, you got to understand, wedding parties lasted like a week or two weeks. It wasn't like a three-hour Hey, after the ceremony, it wasn't like a reception after the ceremony. This was a week-long celebration, and you took the week off and partied with your friends for a week. I think we should institute some Jewish culture. Anybody? And so, and so they get, but understand their wine is not like our wine, okay? You would have to have like 20 margaritas to equal the no, wait. You would have to have 20 glasses of wine to equal one margarita. So the alcohol content in their wine is extremely low. Extremely low. Okay? You can go back and read ancient documents about how they prepped it. The alcohol content is way low. But they're like, we're out. Of, so basically, it's like juice, right? And so they're like, hey, we're out. And Jesus goes... Jesus' mom, Mary, Mother Mary, goes to Jesus and says, hey, they're out of wine. And Jesus' response is, so what, woman? Like, literally, to his mom, like, whatever, woman, I'm not. My, he literally says, that's not my problem. My time hasn't come. Sorry, woman. Like, he calls her woman. Boy, he's about to get backhanded. In front of all these people right here, right now, right? And so, Jesus literally says, just look it up. Write this down, John 2, 1 through 25. Read this story. And he says, no, my time hasn't come. I'm not doing it. Then she's like, okay, whatever. And the Bible says she blows Jesus off, goes over to the servants and says, whatever he says to do, do it. Like, he's going to do it because I'm his mom and I told him to. So, guys, just whatever he says to do, go do it. And so the servants probably, the Bible doesn't record this, but the servants probably then go to Jesus. And, and Mary is just sitting back like, told you, you're going to do it. Like, I told you once, that's it. I'm sending the servants, they're going to obey. And the Bible says that Jesus turned the water into wine and everybody at the party went, you saved the best wine for last. Because when Jesus turns something around, he doesn't just make it average. And so they go to Jesus. Jesus turns it into wine. Why? Because Mary saw what was going to take place. She knew what had been prophesied about her son. She knew what he was capable of. I don't know if Jesus was playing like with a G.I. Joe action figure and broke it and then miraculously healed it when he was little. I don't know, but somehow she saw what Jesus was capable of, and she knew the time was now. And she told Jesus, go. And he's like, uh-uh. Okay, he's going to do this because I'm his mom. Get over there. 
she saw what G even Jesus himself couldn't necessarily see. She was his mom. Moms, you will see things in your kids that they will never see in themselves. And God allows you to see that so you can pray and the Holy Spirit can begin to work that out of them. So mom, if you're walking with God, don't second guess yourself. Don't second guess yourself, especially if it's the Holy Spirit that's prompting you to pray in a certain way. Especially if it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you about your child. Don't quit second guessing yourself. Because God's showing that to you because he trusts you. He trusted you with them. Are you the perfect mom? No. Are you the perfect mom for them? Yes. You know why? Because he didn't give that child to anybody else. He could have, but he didn't. You're not perfect, but you're the perfect mom for them. And that's all that should matter. That God entrusted you with that. You got to roll with it. And she named him Samuel because she said, I asked, because I asked the Lord for him. If you've asked the Lord for something in your child's life, then don't stop believing. In the words of the great theologian, Journey, don't stop believing, right? Okay, I know that song's not anything to do with theology. But you have to stand in there. You have to keep believing. You have to keep pushing. You have to stand in the gap. And so when Hannah, the Bible tells us, you can read this in 1 Samuel chapter 1, go home, read the rest of this chapter. The Bible says, as we get close to wrapping up here, the Bible says that when, because she made a covenant to God, that if you just give me one child, I'll give him back to you. The Bible says that when Sam, Samuel was weaned from nursing, Hannah took him to the temple. Imagine a two-year-old, because they, they weaned him from nursing between the ages of two and three. And some of you are going, oh my gosh. But between the ages of two and three, she took him to the temple and then went back and walked away and let the priest of the temple raise her kid. Don't get any ideas, but... She gave him to the priest and left and left. Hannah dedicated him and she let Eli, the priest, raise him in the temple. Now, here's the problem. Here's the real thing, mom. Read about Eli's two sons, Phineas and Hophni. Phineas and Hophni were not good guys. Eli was not a good dad. These these guys were supposed to be the next priest in the temple, and they were stealing from people. They were lying to people. They were taking stuff from the temple for themselves. These were bad dudes, not in touch with God. Why would Hannah choose to say, yeah, Eli can raise my son? I mean, after all, look at his two sons. Aren't they just a standing pillar of society? It's because Hannah, her trust wasn't in Eli. Her trust was in God. Her trust wasn't in Eli as a man. Her trust was in God. And that trust led Samuel to follow God. And the Bible tells us this about Samuel. You can follow Samuel's life starting in 1 Samuel. In 2 Samuel, in First and Second Chronicles, that Samuel 
heard God as an adult, as a prophet, and instituted the kingdom and anointed Saul as king of, the first king of Israel was Saul. Saul blew it. Samuel is like, okay, God, Saul is like really blowing this. And God says, I've got one more. And that's the man. And Samuel would go anoint David as the second king of Israel, who would have Solomon, who would go on to eventually from David's lineage, Jesus would show up on the scene. Why? Because Hannah said, if you give me one, I'll turn it back to you. And because, and because of her act of surrender, it brought hope to all of creation. Here's what we have to understand, that sometimes, moms, we got to let go and hand it over to God. Because in the end, God will cause all things to work out for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And he will work with your child and he knows your child better than you do. He knows their thoughts. He knows what they're typing out on Instagram. He knows what they're typing out on Facebook. Oh, kids don't have Facebook. Anyway, whatever, TikTok, right? He knows and he knows exactly how to penetrate their world And they will be the most miserable people in the world until they turn their life over to God. I'm standing up here as living proof that until you turn your heart over to God, there's nothing more miserable than somebody who knows what's right and then constantly fights against it. Depression, anxiety, fear, worry, lack of confidence, when you constantly fight what you know is right. So moms, here's what I want to tell you this morning as we close. Don't stop believing. Don't stop praying. God took the one Samuel and set everything up for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Let's pray as the band is up here getting set up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that, Lord, you will move in every mother's life here today. That God, as so many moms stand in the gap for their kids, as so many moms see things in their kids that even their own kids don't see in themselves yet, Lord, may they be like Mary. Jesus, may they be like your mother and call it out in them even when that kid won't believe it or doesn't see it. Let our moms be like Hannah who despite anxiety and fear and anger do what's right anyway and stand in the gap believing that you will move on their children's lives. God, we give it over to you. We know that, Lord, you are going to work all things out for good. And Lord, our kids are just too young to understand that fighting with you is just a loose, losing situation. That, Lord, in the end, you win every time.
and we're going to be like Hannah and we're going to release our child in that hope in Jesus name everybody said amen